Hello and welcome to the Brutal Iron Gym Podcast, where our goal is to cut through the BS and deliver the brutal truth about topics related to health and happiness. Today is podcast number 1,927. The topic is Mindset and the title is The Man in the Arena. Uh, My wife and I are finishing up setting up a home gym and one of the final touches we're getting is decorations for the wall. We actually got some uh, big canvas photos printed of her past competitions, uh, which is just kind of fun to see. Uh, she's competed in uh, women's physique, so she looks great, and we thought it would be fun to put her up on the wall. We also have one of uh, one of my many <laughs> uh, favorite quotes that I found a kind of a framed poster for that I really liked and I thought it would be fun to share uh, that quote in today's podcast. So the name of the quote is The Man in the Arena, and it's by Theodore Roosevelt. I want to read the quote and then share what I like about the quote and kind of what it makes me think of. So the quote is, It is not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles, or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes short again and again, because there is no effort without error and shortcoming, but who does actually strive to do the deeds, who knows great enthusiasms, the great devotions, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement and who at the worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly, so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither know victory nor defeat. Ooh, I love that one. <laughs> so this is one of my favorite quotes. I get like shivers when I hear it. And I, I don't remember the first time I came across this quote, but I do like it every time I hear it. And seeing it, I actually put it in our in our home gym. We have a kind of a kitchenette, like a sink, and I have some supplements there. So I'll make like my pre-workout drink, and I have this poster hanging right above the sink, so I can kind of read it or be reminded of it while I'm making my pre-workout drink. I then get my mind into the uh, space I want to be for the workout, and then I go crush the workout. Now, when I think of this quote, it gives me a couple things. So one of them is to to not worry too much about the judgment of others. Uh, there are some people in my life who, if they give me advice, or if they were to, they love me, and the way in which they communicate, uh, for the most part, <laughs> is very healthy. So they're not going to like judge me. But they would give me some suggestions and maybe hint at something I'm doing I might want to look a little bit you know, deeper into. I might want to look with some fresh eyes. Uh, one of my best friends, we, we refer to it as uh, the stinky kid in class, the smelly kid in class, is there was all, I think, it's kind of like a universal experience is when you grow up, there's always that smelly kid in school. And we refer to it as to ourselves is, if I'm stinking up the place, let me know. Uh, so typically, if somebody, like the smelly kid, you wouldn't tell the smelly kid he smells. He would just stink up the place, and then that's just the way it is. But 
It's a goofy analogy. I know it is. But the idea that we want is if if I'm smelly, I want someone to tell me. So if I'm stinking up the place, if I'm doing some you know crappy stuff in life, I want my my best friends to tell me. So I gave this friend permission to you know if I smell, tell me I smell, and he would be somebody where if he told me to take a look at something, I would be like, okay, you know, I'm pressing pause on everything. I am going to hear what he says, and I'm going to look further into it. But there are other people who, whenever they disagree with what I'm doing. I really don't care much. And uh, the reason why is manyfold. One of them is is I typically listen to the advice of people who have character that I want to emulate. Not necessarily success that I want to emulate because maybe they became successful in an unethical way or at the expense or the cost or in a process in which I don't want to repeat. So it's not whether or not somebody's successful that that you know that might be one of the many considerations as to who I would listen to in life, but it sure as hell is not a deciding uh, consideration. So I typically take advice from people who have what I want in regards to character and quality of of self. Meaning, if somebody judges me, but they have poor character, uh, I'm I'm not. I, it's in my nature to consider what they say, but I will not spend a significant amount of time, uh, emotional uh, investment into it. Is if I'm like, man, that person's, you know, they got some, they got a lot of work on themselves. So if they're judging me for what I'm doing, that's based on their perspective, and their perspective isn't healthy. So I'm not going to worry too much about what they're saying based on that perspective, because it is unhealthy. I want to hear from the people who have healthy perspectives, who have great character, and if they were telling me, hey, I don't think you're doing this right, I'd be like, ooh. You know, for you to tell me that, if you have good character, if I think you're doing life right, and you tell me I'm not, I'm definitely going to listen to that. So one of the other ways I've told uh, clients before is you would take critique from who you would also take advice from. Meaning if somebody in our life is, you know, judging us for what we're doing, but they don't live that great of a life and you would never take advice from that person, don't take their criticism either. If it's somebody that you would ask advice of, then you would probably be a good idea to also consider their criticisms, their judgment. Is like, oh, okay, you know, if I would listen to them on what to do, I should also listen to them on what not to do. So that's another kind of distinction to think through it. But that's one of the things I like about this quote is the man in the arena, meaning the people who have tried it, the people who've gotten dirty, you know, the people who have the dust, the sweat, the blood on their face. Those are the people that we would listen to. Those are the people that if they're telling you to reconsider something, then you reconsider it. You know, you consider reconsidering it. <laughs> but the critic, the person who has not done it, who has not been in the muck, been in the mess, we're not going to worry too much about what they say. There are unfortunate uh, events in life and moments in life, and judgment of others is something that a lot of people have a fear of. But typically, the harshest judgments we get are from people who haven't been where we've been, they haven't even tried what we're trying to do, or 
they don't have the character that we want to have. The harshest criticisms often come from the people we wouldn't take advice from. So I think it's important to consider that and recognize, okay, you know, like for me, I've had to, I've had, I've put stuff out on social media uh, as a way to grow the business and try to share knowledge and information. I've had people at times disagree with what I've shared and they've disagreed quite aggressively. <laughs> um, and those are moments where I'll, I'll like, okay, what did they say? Let me see, you know, is there anything I can learn from what they said? Is there, are they opening up a perspective that maybe I hadn't thought of? But I, I don't get too emotionally invested into the aggression nature of it because either I don't know them or it's coming at like such an aggressive way. Like you give nutrition advice and somebody's like, ah, oh, you're a piece of crap. That's horrible advice. And it's like, well... You might dis you might disagree with the approach. Let's let's give an extreme example of somebody who's a vegan and somebody who follows the carnivore diet. So if you say, hey, you know, I think the best diet is probably somewhere in between. Well, you're gonna tick off the vegan and you're gonna tick off the carnivore diet person. They're both gonna think you're you know a jerk or an idiot that you don't believe 100% the way that they believe. So you're officially wrong. You're a moron, and you should never share anything. <laughs> And it's like, well, that's pretty extreme, you know. That's uh, usually things aren't so black and white in reality. Uh, but that's a case in which, you know, if if I share the pros and cons of a diet structure, and somebody believes that there are only pros, there are absolutely no cons, and they're unhappy with me. Well, okay, <laughs> you know, uh, I'm I'm not gonna say or change much about what I'm doing because damn near everything in life has pros and cons. So if they're not open to the reality of the possibility that there could be something that is a con in their approach, or at least a trade-off, uh, then, you know, if they're closed-minded in that way, their aggressive uh, nature in critiquing me, I don't invest too much into. Uh, but that's something I've had to kind of play with is it doesn't feel good. Like when you post a video on YouTube for somebody to dislike your video, it's like, oh, that kind of kind of stinks. Like I thought it was a pretty good video. That's why I made it. I thought it might be helpful to people. <laughs> but if somebody disagrees, they disagree. What are you going to do? Uh, and it's just the nature of it. You know, sometimes they're also a personal trainer, but they just have found a theory that they like better and they don't like mine. Or they've never trained anyone in their entire life. They barely work out themselves, but they don't like my approach. And it's like, meh. Well, you know, if you haven't done this and you haven't worked with a lot of people, uh, it, it would be reasonable that you might not understand the benefit of this perspective. So if you dislike it, that's unfortunate. I feel like you're missing out on the benefit. So if somebody dislikes something, I am going to kind of consider and say, meh. You know, did I present that in the right way? Maybe I was... Um, you know, too black and white. Maybe I didn't uh, share an alternative perspective. I'll, I'll look at what I did, but at the same time, is this quote tells me is if they're not in the same arena, if somebody isn't also a personal trainer, if they haven't also done this for 20 years, worked with you know 3,000 plus people, worked with such a variety of people, then it's understandable that their perspective might not understand my perspective, or we might disagree based on our perspectives. But that is something that I like from this quote that I take from the quote is 
to not worry about the judgment that comes from people who aren't where I am. If I have to make some changes in life, if I have to try to do some things that I believe have a long-term better vision, but people don't like that in the short term, I just got to kind of you know check myself based on my priorities, based on my uh, guideposts. And if I think I'm still in the right, then I got to keep going and see how it works out, you know. Uh, but that is something that I take from the quote and I enjoy in a um, kind of a, a stronghold, r- like reinforcement confidence in myself is if I'm in the mix and I'm trying my best and somebody judges me but they've never done it, eh, I got to keep going. I think I'm doing okay. The second thing I take from the quote is we are not successful in an endeavor simply based on the outcome of the endeavor. So if I try something and it doesn't go the way that I thought it would, that doesn't mean I'm a failure. The reason why I take this perspective from the quote is to be successful is to simply have tried. To simply have put yourself out there. To have risked is a success. And that's one of the things I love about um, that quote in in a sense to where in like the second half it says... Uh, and refer to the man in the arena who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who at worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly, so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who know neither victory nor defeat. And that's, I know he uses the word fail in there, but to me, what I take from the quote is, To not have tried, to be a timid soul, is true failure. But to have tried, even if it didn't go the way you thought it would, to have tried is to put yourself out there, it is to have lived. That is an enormous degree of success because you at least allowed the possibility for either a positive outcome or a negative, but... You risked it. You got in the arena. You you got in the muck, the mess. You gave it a shot. There are so many things in my life that I have tried and have failed. I did not achieve what I thought I would achieve or wanted to achieve. I achieved some, you know, some degree of uh, improvement or some degree of success or betterment from where I started, but nowhere near what I wanted the end outcome to be. That has happened oh, so many times in life. <laughs> that things just don't don't end up the way that you thought they would. But I'm still proud of myself to have tried. And often, there are enjoyable rewards in whatever the degree of outcome that I was able to achieve. So, for example, like when I first started lifting weights at 16 years old, I wanted to be a bodybuilder. I loved what, like reading bodybuilding magazines. I got 
Arnold Schwarzenegger's Encyclopedia of Bodybuilding. I was watching RX Muscle, reading Muscular Development Magazine. Uh, I, you know, bodybuilding was my world. I wanted to be a bodybuilder. And at 16, I just thought if I lifted weights every day, I would grow and I could eventually become a bodybuilder. I then realized, holy crap, you got to eat food. <laughs> so then I started eating food and lifting weights. And then I realized, oh, okay, you gotta take some, gotta take some extra supplements. Now, granted, there is drug tested, meaning in theory, drug free, uh, bodybuilding, and I've helped people earn drug free pro cards, and that is a great endeavor. But at 16, the people I looked at were the take whatever doesn't kill you immediately kind of bodybuilders, and so I'm referring to that kind of dream of bodybuilding. So that dream. So, the thought was. If I lift heavy, I'll eventually get there. Then it was okay. I gotta, I gotta eat a lot, and specifically protein. Keep sugars down. You know, balance my calories. Tons of protein and lift a lot, and I'll get there. Okay, crap. I gotta lift a lot. I gotta do all that nutrition stuff, and then I also have to look into and consider taking drugs. Okay, well, the more I look into that, the more I realize how many drugs it takes or how much the dosages have to be, how much that costs, what is the health risks. And all of a sudden it starts to grow and grow and grow. And in my pursuit of wanting to be a bodybuilder, I had to start to change that perspective and say, okay, well, you know, maybe I'm not going to be an IFBB pro in that way. So maybe not six foot tall, 300 pounds, six pack abs, veins everywhere. Uh, but could I consider maybe doing, you know, drug free? And as I got into my journey, I actually got so deep into the emotional and mental benefit that I received from changing my body and growing in confidence of what I could do. I wanted to share that feeling with others, and I got so engrossed into being a coach that I, I changed my focus to being, I want to be the best I can be while being a coach. And then, okay, I want to be the best I can be while being a coach and being a good husband. I want to be the best I can be while being a good coach and a good husband and a, a good person. And I started to expand upon what I wanted to do with my life. And in the process, I have kind of redefined over and over again what my goal was. And along the way, I've achieved great things and I've been able to help a lot of people. And I've gotten a wonderful life out of it. But am I, am I an IFBB pro yet? No. <laughs> so in that original kind of vision, I have failed uh, so far. But I've also achieved a lot of really awesome, fun, amazing, cool things along the way. So that's something I would encourage you to do is don't think of success as the outcome. Think of success as you tried. I know that sounds really dorky and corny, but... It's just the truth is so many people have these dreams. So many people have desires, but they don't even try because they're afraid to fail. What is astounding to me is the lack of awareness that without trying, you have failed. If you're not trying to pursue your goal for the fear of failure, you're literally where you would be if you failed. If you haven't started yet, you've achieved nothing towards that goal. If you try some and you fail absolutely completely, you will be back at nothing. 
So you're already failed. You're already a failure if you haven't tried. I am so sorry if this is depressing, but if you have a goal and you haven't tried yet for fear of failing, you are failing. Yep. But here's the saving grace. Hopefully the good part is if you try a little, you achieve a little. You at least will have a little more than where you are now. And that will technically be success because you will have better than where you are right now. So to try is to make improvement. Any retained improvement will have been a success because you will be better than where you are today. If you don't try for fear of failure, you are literally already where you would be if you failed. Therefore, you have already failed doesn't get any worse than this. (laughs) So if you consider it, okay, I have this goal, I have this dream. If I just stay here and do nothing of it, I am at rock bottom. I am at zero. So I have already failed. This is exactly where I'd be if I failed right here. What you give up if you try and it doesn't go as you expect is you give up hope. And that is where people really struggle. If you don't ever try, but you're like, oh, I could do this if I wanted to, or I know someday maybe I could do blah, blah, blah. You have this sense of hope, that hope that something could be better. So you're either going to live on hope with zero positive outcome, or you can try if you crash and burn, but you retain a little bit, you have some improvement And then the key to realizing that hope is not lost is that as long as you continue to try, there is continued hope. So if you try and you fail, it doesn't mean you've lost hope. You don't lose hope. If you try, it doesn't go as you expected. You then try again. Even if it doesn't go as you expected, you then try again. As long as you're willing to continue to try, there is always continued hope. You never lose hope if you are still willing to try. I think about just the business itself, like Brutal Iron Gym. I opened it in 2011, and it has grown, it has changed, it has morphed, it has been a lot of things other than maybe what my initial thought would be, would have been. But also as I've grown it, as I've tried to develop the business, I've actually changed what I've wanted it to be. It, the vision of what I thought this business could be that it is today didn't exist in 2011. Like There wasn't online coaching to the degree in which I'm doing it now that I was aware of in, in 2011. And now that to realize, holy crap, I can do a lot of online coaching. I can help a lot more people by being able to reach out into the world. So I have clients in seven countries. That never would have happened without online coaching. I would have only been coaching the people in my small town. Now, there's nothing wrong with that, but I've enjoyed the growth of the vision of what this business could be. Getting to help people in seven countries. Over half of my clients are personal trainers, so every single ounce of effort I invest into them, I know gets multiplied into all of their clients. It's an amazing and super rewarding feeling. 
I've loved what this business has morphed into. But it's only come to this place by trying and failing at a lot of things. But each time I failed, it narrowed my vision. It helped define my vision. It helped me get to where I am today. Every single failure in business was a success in how it led me to where I am today. And I hope that as I continue to grow in this business, that I continue to fail, I continue to succeed, because with either outcome, I'm better defining the vision of what I want this business to be and how I can help more people. Then the third thing I think of from this quote is that errors will happen. (laughs) And that's absolutely part of the process. To come up short again and again, as the quote says, and to recognize that there's no effort without error and shortcoming, as the quote says, is empowering. To me, it's empowering because I don't have to worry about making errors because at least I'm trying. At least I'm not one of those cold and timid souls. So I hope that you've enjoyed kind of the analysis of this quote and I hope it motivates you. If you want something, don't fear the judgment of others. Don't fear failure. Fear having not tried. I hope that you try. Okay. Well, if you need anything, if there's anything I can help with, let me know. Email me at brutalironjim at gmail.com. If you like the podcast, please share the podcast. If you like the podcast, please consider donating to support the podcast, which you can do on our website. Also, if you like the information we share in the podcast, you can find more from us on our social media channels. You can find us and follow us on Instagram and YouTube under the name Brutal Iron Gym. As always, I hope this was helpful, and thank you for listening.